Okay, so hello everybody and uh, welcome to the latest episode of the 5-0 podcast Into Overtime. Um, we've had a few weeks off, but thought the time was right to start, I suppose what you might call the second season of podcasts. Um, and actually no better way to start than with a review of the Euros just finished, but through the eyes of the home nations that took part. So uh, we've got with us today our head of women's football, Ellie Leake, who's going to provide us with uh, a Welsh perspective. We've got Martha Thomas, the Scotland centre forward, to give her view on Scotland. And our managing director, Nathan Heath, is going to provide us with his review of England's performance. So, hello, everybody. Hi. Hello. Hello. Um, but listen, before we kind of get into the Euros, the, the episode also coincides quite nicely with uh, many 5-0 clients heading over to the US in the next few weeks. Um, some to start their journey in the States and others to kind of resume that adventure. So Nathan, perhaps just before we start, you can give us a bit of an insight into um, perhaps what happened last season, some of the successes that, that the boys and girls might have had. Yeah, so obviously last year the biggest success was was probably Lewis going to the, the final four um, with Iowa Lakes. Uh, another success that stands out is probably Joel, um, who was named captain of, of his side in his freshman year. Um, those are probably the two sort of biggest individual successes that we had last year. And then obviously not far away, you know, just next week where a large number of our 2021 players will start exiting in, uh, the UK and, and heading over to the US um, and the same for, for the weeks to follow. Okay, so thanks Nathan and good luck to all of those that are going, as I say, either for the first time or to, uh, to resume their journey. So um, let's get stuck into the Euros then. Um, obviously all thought it was coming home, but it ended up getting sidetracked and, and ended in Rome, which uh, I suppose it's only just one letter different, so maybe you just couldn't spell. Um, but let's see what you thought about the tournament as a whole to start with, and then we'll get into the home nations specifically. So um, I probably will come to you individually about your own view of, of your own country, but maybe just an initial discussion around the tournament as a whole. What did you think of it? What were the highlights? What were the low points? Anybody want to uh, to kick off? Um, I think obviously one of the the low points was was Ericsson early doors. You know, it seemed as though, I mean, at one point you maybe thought the tournament wasn't going to carry on after nobody knew what was going to happen to him. So that was obviously one of the low points. Um, but I mean, it was just nice, I think, again, to see fans in the stadium and, um, you know, proper football again, I guess. Yeah, I would agree with Nathan on that. It was nice to see fans back for sure. Definitely gave us more of a sense of normality, even if, you know, the COVID cases are going a bit crazy now. I'm sure it was worth it. Definitely. Yeah. What do you think about the... Were there any differences? I mean, VAR sort of springs to mind in terms of the way that was was handled. Were there any other sort of differences in terms of that tournament to what we normally see with football? Why, what was different with VAR? Well, first of all, unless it was an English referee that they didn't take 20 minutes to make a decision. Ah. I think referees allowed the game to flow a lot more and I think it sort of showed or pointed out to a lot of people the uh, difference between refereeing in the Premier League and in Euros of 
how they just let the game flow and then obviously didn't not taking as long with VAR decisions and not using VAR as much, I think was quite, I think a lot more people were enjoying it to be back to that way as opposed to VAR intervening in everything like it can do in the Premier League. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. And, and it also gave Peter Walton the opportunity to change his mind on every decision when he agreed with the referee and then changed it to agree with VAR when that changed it. That's always fun to watch. Oh, we had Clattenburg on our uh, stations oh, in the yeah. universe. Yeah. It always amazes me how they get potentially... I don't know whether you guys will even remember Peter Walton. It might be a bit before your time. I do have the uh, unfortunate memory of watching him referee a few games live. Um, he hasn't got any better in terms of his... Uh, TV analysis either, but uh, yeah, it was uh, it was interesting to see. So look, let, let's let's get into let's get into the individual countries. So let's do this in the order with which they exited the tournament. So Martha, unfortunately, that puts you front and centre to start with. Um, what did you make of, of of Scotland overall? I mean, obviously, there was a lot of emotion going into it after not qualifying for a tournament for so long. Um, so no matter how it went you know, the nation was proud of them. They're proud of the players for coming, getting together and doing that well to qualify. Um, so that was always initially, you know, you just, you're, you're wanting them to do well and succeed for that exact reason, just to continue to make that history. Um, but it, it just wasn't meant to be. And, you know, I think it's unfortunate because I think if you look at the three games, um, obviously against Czech Republic, um, I mean, two go the two goals that we conceded was, one of them was arguably a fluke. Do that 10 more times and see if it goes in. Um, but then again, just Scotland missing chances and not creating enough chances or being um, clinical enough at the right moments. Um, so I think 2-0 like, was a bit harsh there. And then obviously doing a great performance against England, um, being the only team or tournament except for the final two. Where apart from the final? Yeah, to not concede a goal. Um, so, I mean, that's impressive as well within itself. And then... You know, the third game against Croatia, you're really hoping that they're going to pull it off. And again, having chances early on and just not taking them and um, and then scoring the first goal of the tournament. But it just it wasn't quite enough. So overall gutting. But at the same time, you know, you've got to be proud of the players for what they did um, and hope that they just kick on from here and start qualifying for, for the next tournaments to come. Sure. And, and how do you think it compares to perhaps what they were expected to do and perhaps not what they hoped to do but how did their sort of exit at the group stage compare to to expectations well i think expectations going into it were kind of not going to be very high because of how hard the group was arguably um i mean croatia being world cup finalists um and then you know the hype that was around england the entire tournament um and then czech republic was the game that you expected to to try and get a result out of so I mean, I don't think I don't think they disappointed anyone. I don't think Scotland fans would have been disappointed because they wanted to see them kick on, but I don't think that disappointment would lie within the players um, for their effort or for the manager, the, the whole squad together. So, what was your highlight? What, what, what? In your opinion, what was the highlight of Scotland's um, performance? England getting knocked out, weren't it? <laughs> it didn't happen, but um, I mean, I think. I've seen so many funny things on Twitter and things like that of, of pretty much, you know, Scotland were, were pretty much Euro finalists because they're the only team that took a point off England or tournament and just things like that. So, I mean, if, if you're going to sit there and think about the highlight, it's going to be, you know, playing well against England, who will arguably think that was probably one of their easiest games out of the group. Um, 
I mean, maybe not Czech Republic, but I think, you know, they, they understood the emotion that goes into a rivalry game like England and Scotland, but I think England would have written Scotland off and, you know, you hear in Rio Ferdinand and Gary Lineker talk about two, three nil to England before the game's even kicked off. And then you just kind of, after as a Scotland fan, you're happy that that didn't happen. That's fair enough. So, so who was their best player? And, you know, across those three games, who do you think was Scotland's best player? Uh, I surprisingly am going to go for a defender. In my point of view, I thought Hanley was fantastic. Um, I thought he put his head on everything. Um, I thought he his positions were right all the time in the back line. You could see his aggression. And so for me, personally, I thought he had um, the overall tournament great greatest game. Um, greatest tournament, not greatest game, sorry. Okay. What about worst player then? <laughs> oh, what's that, Nathan? Is that too many to mention? Or <laughs> no, just harsh. Yeah, I don't. I don't think I would really be able to give you a worst player. I think individually, some players maybe didn't have their best game, um, but I don't think anyone really would have stood out to me as they had an absolute shocker of a tournament and they should never be invited back to camp. You think David Marshall maybe thought the centre forwards were? That's why he was so far off his line against Czech Republic. Yeah, I mean, I'm no goal, I'm no goalkeeper, and you know there was a lot of analysis afterwards and a lot of back and forth about how it's the modern game to be a sweeper keeper. And I mean, for the ball to fall perfectly into his path, and for him to strike it as nicely as he did, I just feel like it's it's a one in I don't know how many, but I don't think you can put that on him. Um, I mean, yeah, he could arguably have dropped back a bit more when they lost possession, but I think you should look back to the, to uh, whoever took the shot and tried to take a shot from 35 yards or 40 yards out and lost the ball in that position anyway when you hold teams up for a corner. That's very diplomatic. When your goalkeeper's playing in the opposition half, I think probably he could have dropped back a little bit. Um, all right, that's cool. Uh, what, so, so, so let's finish in terms of Scotland's analysis then with... If you like, if you were a school teacher, what's the overall report card grade you would give them? <laughs> oh, are we talking about an I don't know English like, report card? No, like A, B, or C. Oh, yeah, A's best. A's best. Um, I'm gonna give um oh, C a C plus or a B minus? B minus. A B minus. B minus because none of them have really been in a major tournament before, so it was a new experience for a lot of the, of the lads. Okay, and so what would you, Nathan? What would you have given them scorecard wise? What would you give Scotland as an England fan? Uh, well, if you was looking on Twitter on the day of the final, you'd have thought Scotland would have won it. So um, let's let's give them an A, I guess. And Ellie, what, what, what about you? What, what, what's the Welsh perspective on Scotland then? Uh, us Celtic nations do stick together, very much so. Um, oh. And watching them make England sweat was was great, as much as I did really want England to do well as well, to be fair. Um, but yeah, I think I would give them um, a B. You'd give them a B. Okay. Well, Martha will get an opportunity to, uh, to get her own back in a second. So let's shift to Wales then. Ellie, what what what's um, what did you make of Wales's performance? Um, I think expectations were pretty high going off of you know the, us reaching the semi-finals in two thousand and sixteen. Um, so going in, I think you know as such a small nation, we 
kind of know you know we're not going to go on and like win it and that sort of thing but with 2016 being so successful I think we kind of you know hoped we'd push on and you know maybe reach there again um starting off against Switzerland and like drawing 1-1 I think was like huge and you can just see in like the players like the passion that they all had was just insane um but yeah I think it was a fairly decent uh, decent tournament for Wales obviously going out was really disappointed disappointing um but with it being to Denmark and everything that had happened to Christine Eriksson I think you know they just kind of got a second wind after that and they were flying so yeah it was disappointing how we got, went out and you know for Wales we didn't get you know all our games at home either like some countries um so we had a lot of travel in and I think you know the ending was disappointing but I think you could kind of tell that the traveling has had taken its toll on the players and also had a couple of dodgy red cards so oh yeah yeah well not that that mattered yeah <laughs> one of them didn't matter yeah who were the dodgy red cards? I remember Harry Wilson getting... Was it Harry Wilson? Was it Ampadus? was ridiculous. Yeah, that was... Yeah. Yeah. It was in, like, the 94th minute, though, and they were already... Yeah, they were only losing, like, three or four. Three now, yeah. But still. Yeah. If that was a red card, then Jorginho's in the final was a red card. 100%. Yeah. I, I'm sensing an element of bitterness, even more so than in the Scotland camp, Ellie, to be honest. No, no, no. I think it's just... Like us having having to travel to was it Baku for two games and then was in Italy. It was just I just felt like other other teams got drawn a, a much easier draw in terms of traveling as well. Like I think like the whole tournament I was I didn't know how I felt about it not being based in one country um, and like the players having to do all the traveling like especially with COVID and things like that. I thought it was a bit a bit odd um, from that kind of perspective as well. And they've already said, have, have they not, that they won't do that again. They've yeah, already, they've already admitted that it was a mistake. So Yeah. Okay. All right. So what about highlight then? What was your highlight of the tournament? Um, I think it was Aaron Ramsey's goal off the bail assist against Turkey. Yeah, that, was, that goal was just insane. And those two are our like two key players. And I thought both of them had brilliant tournaments like yeah like missed chances here and there but they don't dwell on it they just kind of chuck the team back on their back and push forward so yeah I think that goal was definitely a highlight for Wales showed that we do have you know that class and that sort of flair that you know teams write us off for okay interesting so what about best player then I mean you mentioned Ramsey and Vale already but who was uh, in your opinion the Welsh best player um, I do think it was Ramsey, you know, um, his work rate every game, like it, he's just kind of like the engine for Wales. Um, also I think Danny Ward had a good game, good tournament as well. Um, yeah, I think as a whole, like I think for Wales to do well and win games, it does take every player on the pitch. Um, just cause we don't have, you know, as many players playing at the top level every single week sort of thing. Um, but yeah, I thought as a whole, the team did great. Um, but yeah, standout players were definitely those two. Okay. So are you going to be brave enough to name a worst player then? Or are you going to sit on the fence as well? I'm going to sit on the fence as well. <laughs> we, okay. we don't tear our players down in, in the Celtic Nations. We don't tear them down. 
you don't, don't, have to, you don't have to tear them down. You just accept <laughs> that some played better than others. That's all. But uh, okay, that's fine. I won't. I won't press it. What about um, overall report card then? So uh, we, we had a variety ranging from A to B minus from Scotland. What's uh, what's Wales's? Um, like a little bit different to Scotland because obviously we did go to the semi-finals in two thousand and sixteen. So I think that's like our like a a a a star performance. So I don't think we've reached that. And given that we did fall end in quite a disappointing way, I think I would give us probably a C plus. Harsh. Okay, Nathan, any thoughts? I think I think that's harsh. To be fair, I thought when you looked at Wales's group on paper before the the tournament, and they've got Italy, Switzerland, Turkey. I didn't really fancy them to get much more than a couple of points at most, particularly when there was all the controversy with gigs and um, the manager before the tournament. I think there was a lot against Wales, and I thought they did really well, particularly in the group stages. I think the game against Denmark, yeah, there's there's obviously a, a lot that's gone on before that in, in the Danish camp. But I also don't think it was a, a four, what was, what was it, a 4-0, 4-1? Yeah, they uh, two really late goals. Yeah, I think it was a bit flattering. And I think if Wales lose that 1-0 or 2-1 or, you know, it's close, I think they come away from that going, yeah, it was a good tournament for us. Maybe it's just because I am Welsh, I have a lot more faith in the Welsh and I know what they can do. Yeah. It's hard for like you know an Englishman to know how great they really are. <laughs> I was giving you credit. I know, it's just, it's just been the same. <laughs> Basically, Nathan so far has got Scotland as an A, and I don't even know what he was giving Wales. It sounds like an even higher grade than that. Any thoughts, Martha, in terms of your report card for for the Welsh? No, I, I agree. I think they did very well. I think when you're looking at getting a point off Switzerland, who are a very good team, and then only losing 1-0 to Italy, who haven't lost in 30, however many games, um, and then winning convincingly against Turkey. I think you've got to give them credit. And I think I think it was a poor performance against Denmark, which can happen. And that's just, that's the joy of, and hurt of tournaments. That if you play poorly in one game, that's it, you're done. Um, but yeah, no, I think, I think for such a small nation with players that aren't all top, top draw, I think they did very well. Okay, so let's move on to England then. Let's move on to Nathan. Um, so obviously finalists, beaten finalists. Um, I'm sure Ellie and Martha are, are, are going to be sharpening the knives as we speak. So um, what was your thoughts, Nathan, overall? What did you think of the performance overall? Yeah, I can't really argue with it. I think, I think Martha was right. And probably until the final, Scotland was the toughest game. Um, not on paper, but in terms of the actual game. Um, I think if, if Scotland would have maybe even won that 1-0, we couldn't really have argued. Um, but I think every other game that we played until the final, we deserved to win. Um, so, yeah, I think it was a, it was a good tournament. Again, uh, unfortunate that we couldn't quite go all the way. Um, and I do think that could have gone either way. I don't think... Uh, I think first half England edged it. I think then second half Italy edged it, and then I think extra time was just boring, to be honest. Um, but yeah, I thought I thought it was a good tournament for for England, and I think you know when you look at Southgate's record since coming in, semi final in the World Cup, semi final in the Nations League, final 
in the Euros. I mean, it must be coming home next year, I guess. <laughs> so, so I think this is this is interesting. What, what? Let me play devil's advocate for a sec. Okay, um, I'm not saying I believe this or, or I don't, but have England just had two really straightforward draws in the World Cup and the Euros? Well, I mean, Germany. I don't think you can say Germany is a straightforward draw. And I think you can only play what's put in front of you. And, and when you qualify for these tournaments and it comes to knockout tournament, anyone can beat anyone. Um, so, no, I wouldn't say. So I said, maybe it's one of the best chances we'll get to win a tournament. You know, we got to the final and we're, I mean, particularly in England, we're probably the favourites to win. I don't know about the rest of Europe, but... Um, and I think we should have won, really. I think we had the players to beat early. Uh, I think we had a team to beat early. And I think in the first half, we were the better team. I don't want to slag off Southgate because um, I think he's done really well. Um, but then it comes down to penalties again and it's it's a lottery, you know. Um, I think we maybe could have been a bit more adventurous, particularly after scoring so early. And I think that was maybe what, caused us the issue was that we scored so early and then tried to hold on for, what was it, 88 minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know, I think we should have had maybe a little bit more faith in our defence that we can still go forward and and keep keep Italy at bay. Because even the goal was scrappy, weren't it? It wasn't like they, they carved us open and, and scored a great goal. Um, so, yeah, I, I can't argue with the tournament. And, and no, I don't think it was rather straightforward draw. Um Martha was saying before that she looked at the group and thought it was really hard. So, um, from a Scotland point of view, so I'm gonna I'm gonna side with her. <laughs> okay, I, I like that taking Martha's words and throwing it back at her. That's that, that's clever. Okay, so what's your highlight then? What was England's highlight? Uh, I would say the highlight was probably beating Germany. Um, again, probably the hardest game on paper. And I think at that point was when we started to believe, yeah, we've got a real chance. Obviously, going into the tournament, everyone's screaming, it's coming on, it's coming on. But I don't think anyone in England actually believed that until we uh, we beat Germany. And not just beat them, it was, we deserved to win. Okay. So who was the best player? There's a few, to be honest. Uh, I would say you could give it to any one of the back seven. Um, so you've got the goalkeeper, the back four, um, and then, you know, uh, Phillips and Rice. I know people will talk about Sterling, um, who, had a, again, had a, had a great tournament, and Kane. But I think with Kane, he didn't have the greatest group stages and then, you know, got confidence in the knockouts. I think the back six, uh, sorry, the back seven played really well all the way through. Um, but if you were wanting me to name one player, I can't name one. It would be between Pickford, Shaw, and Walker, I think. Wow, okay. I'm really, really surprised that you didn't just pick one of the Man City players. Well, Walker was in there, but... That's um, right. And are you surprised because you think he would be biased or because you you think that it was a Manchester City player? I think you... if If it was you, Paul, I think you would have picked a Man City player. Who do you think I would have picked? John Stones. And do you think that's fair or do you think that would be biased? I think that would be a bit biased, that one. Really? Yeah, I just can't believe no one's named Raheem Sterling as the best wow. player. I think when you have to look at paper about people who 
made the game changing thing in the group stages and even in some of the knockout games. I mean, Raheem Sterling, the whole tournament was just fantastic and no one else was putting the ball in the back of the net. Yeah, the yeah, way no, he was. He was a good player and he probably was maybe the most influential. Yeah. But I think you look at who performed best for 90 minutes every single game. I think when you don't concede a goal for, what was it, four games, mm. three games, and then you keep about five or six clean sheets throughout the whole tournament, I think the defenders have got to get some credit there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And scoring goals as well. For what it's worth, Ellie, I would have chosen Raheem Sterling all day long. I think he was comfortably England's best player. Um, Stones would have been top five for me, but 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 uh, I think Calvin Phillips would come after Sterling mm-hmm. uh, and then probably Walker before Stones. But um, I think Stones had a brilliant tournament. I really do, but I, I don't think he was anywhere near the best player England had. Mm-hmm. So, but anyway, it's got to be... How can you compare a goalkeeper and a striker? Yeah, absolutely. And I agree. But, but, but thanks for the vote of confidence, Ellie. I appreciate it, you know. Well, there was three Man City players out of the five <laughs> in the top five. So, so, so feel free to challenge it, but they were three of the best five players in the England kit, I think. But well, there we are. So let's do the report card thing, Nathan. So um, on the basis you've given A's to Scotland and Wales so far, what do you give England? I get an A. I, I think A plus is if, or an A star, whatever it's called now. If you want to, uh, if we win, then it's A star, I think. In fact, we fell just a little short. We still had a great tournament um, and we were there, you know, and, and, and it came down to penalties as two ones. So, um, we can't begrudge them too much. Okay. And any contrary opinions, Ellie, Martha? No, I think they did really well. And I think the whole, especially like the abuse, like the penalty takers received after the game as well. And like how communities have come together to support those players and England has such a young squad. Um, I do think they'll go on and hopefully win something. They deserve it for sure. And I think they have like inspired a lot of people um, this tournament. So I think in like the bigger picture, they've done a lot more than you know just played a couple of football ga- games. Sure. Are you? Yeah, I agree. I think a lot of the stuff they're doing off the pitch is was as amazing as the things that they, they did on it. So I think they will deserve credit for that. And um, Southgate's a, a fantastic manager and he's got a lot of, of great players underneath him who seem to buy into what he's saying. And I think that's one of the biggest things um, when you've got a group of 26, 24 players that aren't playing a minute but are still having the time of their life at the tournament. I think that, I think that says a lot um, about the manager and about the Cohesiveness, cohesiveness of the group. Cool. Okay. So, um, final thoughts then. What, what, what's, um, what's your one endearing memory from the Euros? So, Nathan, let's start with you and go in reverse order. Um, so, a good memory. Whatever. But what's the memory that you take away? Well, I think the biggest thing, the biggest or the most memorable moment is Ericsson being on the pitch and he's surrounded by his teammates. That was obviously very emotional. Um, but I, and, I, and, and what I think about that is that you just see that how big football is outside of just the, the game itself. Mm-hmm. You know, when you've got teammates and friends 
blocking the cameras so you can get treatment and nobody can see. Um, I think that I think Denmark deserve as much credit as anybody, you know, if not more than um, from from that tournament. I think they, I think outside of the team and, and the nation that you're from, I think Denmark, if they would have won it, everyone else would have been supporting them, you know. So I think that's probably the biggest, the most memorable moment. Okay, thank you. And Ellie? Um, I'm, I mean, like, I have to agree with Nathan as well. I think that was just insane. I think we were sat in the pub and we was watching it and you just, like, couldn't believe it. Like, your heart sinks, especially, like, being footballers. You just don't believe something like that can happen. So I think, you know, this, like, that, it just kind of hits you a lot harder. Um, and I think those players going back out onto that pitch to play after... I just, I can't believe they did it. I still can't believe they did it. I, I know for a fact I would have never been able to do it. Yeah. And I still don't think they should have. Um, but yeah, it's just credit. And it does show like how big the footballing community is. And I think as well with, you know, the racism that the English players had received after the game and like missing the penalties. Bearing in mind, one of them is literally a 19-year-old kid. Like he's still a kid. And his like statement coming out afterwards it, it just like touches you and he's going to go on to inspire so many young black men in this country and yeah you just got to give him so much credit for what he's done and again the environment that England had in creating that sort of atmosphere and the support that they have um yeah I think it's just going to be much better for the world moving forward hopefully and hopefully like they have made big changes absolutely Okay, uh, and Martha, final word to you then. So you're uh, last in memory of the Euros. I don't know why, but I'm just going to go with the game because obviously you've touched on Ericsson and you've touched on a big issue as well with racism. So I'm going to go, I don't know why, but the biggest thing of the tournament to me was uh, the Switzerland-France game. When you talk about like a, such an underdog team coming out and beating France, when you think, you know, seeing like Paul Pogba's celebration and stuff, you think France of... of you know, just taking the game and completely taking the sting out of it and just seeing the determination. I think Switzerland were one of the teams at the tournament. And I think um, just that performance they put in of coming back late on and scoring two equal, uh, scoring two goals to take it to penalties and then holding off and, and then winning on penalties. I don't know why, but that that to me was one of the most memorable um, memorable moments of the, of the tournament. And I think it just reminds us of why we love football and, I mean, obviously, it's it's a huge hurt if you're a, Fran a France player or if you're a French fan, whatever. But I mean, just just the 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 emotion and the roller coaster that you can go on watching a 90 minute game with 30 minutes at a time, whatever. But I think that just sums up the the excitement of football for me. We're also not the keenest of the French, are we? <laughs> well, I suppose, but that's not why I said it. I think it's just like as a as a neutral watching that game, it was just fantastic. You sort of wanted France to score again and then Switzerland to score again. I mean, a three-all game is just... I, I think that's a perfectly good memory, Martha. And, and we're almost out of time just as Ellie throws a grenade in there about her dislike of the French. So we'll, we'll kind of just leave that maybe for a few minutes. <laughs> That's not, that's not completely true. You take that just, with a grain of salt. There's many just wanna, people. Just want to say that, that they aren't the views of 5-0 International. They are the views of everybody. <laughs> yeah, had one bad experience, and now it's the whole, it's the whole country. 
Excellent. All right. Well, listen, uh, great to talk to you all. Thanks ever so much for your thoughts and insights into, I think, what was what was an enjoyable tournament uh, for lots of reasons, uh, admittedly, with uh, some very definite low points. But uh, thanks again for, for your comments. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Look out for the future episodes coming your way. There is a, there's a number over the course of the next few weeks. So look out for them and we will see you all soon.